Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus. A grand jury will hear evidence in a case involving a death in police custody. Well, here we are in Pittsburgh, listeners, that's where I'm based. And in October, we had a very serious and really awful incident in which a police officer confronted a man who'd been reportedly stealing a bicycle. The police officer, even though he found the man without the bicycle, ended up tasing the man multiple times and other officers came to the scene, EMS came to the scene, supervisors came to the scene, and the man was not treated, his medical issues were not seen to, and he later died. This has become an incredibly difficult issue here in the public sphere. Lots of people demanding that something be done. I have reviewed the critical incident report done within the police department and it finds a lot of fault to go around. What's happening right now, though, uh, I'm speaking to you in February as I am recording this. So it's been several months and the district attorney has refused to say or do much of anything in reaction here in our county. His name is Stephen Zapala. This week, Mr. Zapala is expected to announce that he will bring the case to a grand jury. And this always raises questions. What do grand juries do? Who controls the grand jury? What should we expect? Why is he bringing it to a grand jury? Is this to get information? Is it to investigate? Is it to get justice? Is it just cover? Well, I had a chance to talk about this very issue in this very case uh, on our local public radio station, that is WESA in Pittsburgh, uh, on a show they have called The Confluence. It's a daily public affairs show. The host is Kevin Gavin. Kevin interviewed me about this set of questions, and uh, we had a great conversation. We're going to play it for you now. The producer of The Confluence is Laura Tsutsui. The Allegheny County District Attorney's Office will use a grand jury to investigate the death of 54-year-old Jim Rogers. That's according to the Tribune Review. Rogers died October 14th, a day after being tased multiple times by Pittsburgh police who were called to the scene after a report of a stolen bike. So what does involving a grand jury mean for this process? University of Pittsburgh law professor, host of the Criminal Injustice Podcast, and WESA legal analyst David Harris joins us now. David, welcome back to the program. Always good to be with you, Kevin. So, David, what is a grand jury? What is its purpose? The grand jury is not the same as the jury that sits in a courtroom to determine guilt or innocence. A grand jury is a an assembled group of citizens called into the courthouse for a period of months. And a prosecutor can do one of two things with a grand jury. They can do a comprehensive investigation that isn't geared to prosecution like Attorney General Josh Shapiro did with the abuse in the Catholic Church, More commonly, a grand jury is used by a prosecutor to determine whether there should be charges in a criminal case, just whether there should be charges. So it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It is simply whether there is probable cause to go forward and have a trial in a criminal case. So the district attorney lays out the evidence uh, that he wants to, his prosecutor does. Uh, There's no defense at this point, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, what people don't understand about grand juries is that it's totally one-sided. These are run by the prosecution. There's a judge nominally at the head of it, but the judge isn't even in the room. The prosecutor decides what evidence will be heard, what witnesses will testify. The prosecutor has all the control. How often does the DA use a grand jury, and why not just file the charges like he would normally do in most cases? Well, Mr. Zapala, our district attorney, has used it more often in the past few years than in times before that. Uh, but you're absolutely right that the DA does not have to use a grand jury to have trials and charges in serious cases. The grand jury is just there uh, for the DA's choice. The DA can file charges based on a sworn statement. So there is nothing that says the grand jury has to be used. The prosecution will try to do that sometimes because it has investigatory advantages. They get to call people in, tell them to bring stuff in. They have, you know, you don't want to talk to the police. You don't have to. But if they hit you with a grand jury subpoena, you're coming in. It's also all secret, and that has a real good uh, uh, um, benefit for the prosecution in the sense that they can bring in witnesses who might not want to talk in public. What materials does the grand jury have access to? Anything. Uh, there was a famous case back in the 1970s involving President Nixon when he was being uh, investigated in the Watergate affair. And you remember the secret White House tapes, which he was refusing to give up. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court says the grand jury has a right to every person's evidence, even the president. So they can ask for anything. Now, a witness will still have the right to remain silent under the Fifth Amendment. How long does a grand jury typically take to conclude an investigation in this kind of a case where it was one particular act, one event? Well, it really is totally dependent on the facts, Kevin. This is one event, you're quite correct, but it involved at least eight different actors from the city and maybe the county. Um, it involved supervisors, it involved line officers, it involved EMS personnel, and uh, this is a complicated enough thing in the sense that the cause of death uh, is going to be a huge, huge question. So it could take as long as it takes. Uh, it's going to take weeks, maybe months. It just depends on how expeditiously the prosecution wants to move it. I would not think it's going to just take a week or a few days. It's going to take longer than that. We really do have to ask, though, what's the purpose for the prosecution bringing this grand jury together when we know that if they thought they had the evidence, they could simply go ahead and charge uh, this is done behind closed doors? Everything is secret. The only things that are not secret under usual grand jury rules is a witness can talk about the witness's own testimony. That's it. Because the district attorney's office works closely with police on cases all the time, does this, using a grand jury, give a bit of separation because the grand jury will make the recommendations whether to charge officers or not? Well, yes, but no. And the reason I give you that indefinite kind of answer is you do have the citizens of the grand jury who make the ultimate decision on whether there are charges. But we have to be realistic. The grand jury might as well be owned 
by the prosecution. They control everything that the grand jury does. They control what evidence is put before the grand jury. They control who gets to talk in the grand jury. They give the grand jury a proposed indictment. If they think there is enough evidence for an indictment, it is all controlled by the prosecution. So when you hear, as we have in some of these police cases, for instance, Michael Brown in Missouri, when you hear a prosecutor say, well, I convened the grand jury and they wouldn't indict, so that's what the people say. I can't do a thing about it. It's their decision. Yeah, you know, I have a hard time buying that because the old saying about a grand jury is that a prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich if they want to. The Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office concluded that Roger's death was accidental. How will this complicate the investigation and potential charges moving forward? Well, it does complicate it, Kevin, doesn't make a, ch a set of charges impossible, but two things make this case very difficult. Number one, what we're dealing with is the fact that what, what ex except for the officer who used the taser, everybody else uh, is on the hook because of things they didn't do. They didn't summon medical treatment. The man was not treated when he said he was in distress. And criminal liability based on failing to do something is harder to establish in American criminal law than actually doing something that's prohibited. The other thing that will make this difficult is that the medical examiner has made a determination that this death was accidental. Now, that doesn't have the force of law. It doesn't mean you can't have manslaughter charges. It doesn't mean you can't have involuntary manslaughter charges. So it doesn't close the door on this. But in every homicide case, you have to prove that the actions or inactions in this case that the person took were the cause of death. And when there is evidence to think that the death might have happened anyway, the case becomes more difficult to win. Whether the grand jury recommends charges or recommends no charges, does the DA have to abide by that recommendation? Well, no. The DA can still bring charges if the grand jury refuses to vote an indictment because the, the DA has the power right now. David Harris is a University of Pittsburgh law professor. He is the host of the Criminal Justice Podcast and WESA's legal analyst. David, thanks so much as always. Always good to be with you, Kevin. That's it. That was my interview broadcast on February 15th from The Confluence, uh, the public affairs show on WESA-FM here in Pittsburgh, our flagship public radio station. The host was Kevin Gavin, and the producer was Laura Tsutsui. We thank them for allowing us to broadcast that on our podcast. You can always find our news items and our interview episodes by going to our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com. It's all there and it's all for you. We appreciate that you listen. I'm David Harris and I'll be back with you next time.